2: The Arts House on Quarks 96 FM and C103. Ye chuck a bites by name, Landerneer, Landerneer. Ye chuck a bites by name, Landerneer. Ye chuck a bites by name. Your faults I will proclaim Your doctrines I must blame You shall hear, you shall hear Your doctrines I must blame You shall hear What is right and what is wrong By the law, by the law What is right and what is wrong By the law What is right and what is wrong A short sword and the long A weak arm and the strong for to draw, for to draw, a weak arm and the strong, for to draw. What makes heroic strife? in the far, fame the far. What makes heroic strife, in the far? What makes heroic strife? strife? To wake the assassin's knife or hunt a parent's life? Bloody war, bloody war. Or a hunter parents life with bloody war Then leave your skins alone, alone in the state Then leave your skins alone in the state Then leave schemes alone a door to rising sun And leave a man alone to his fate To his fate And leave a man alone to his fate Ye Jacobites by name, London Londonier. Ye Jacobites by name, Londonier. Ye Jacobites by name, your faults I will proclaim, your doctrines I must blame. You shall hear, you shall hear, your doctrines I must blame. You shall hear. What makes the right fame in the far, fame the far? What makes heroic strife in the fire? What makes heroic strife to a dissonant's life? Or hunt a parent's life with bloody war, bloody war? Or hunt a parent's life with bloody war? Oh, lads. <laughs> and you know what?
3: For a change, first thing in the morning, we do have a gang in studio to give you a proper round of applause. Honest to goodness, that was amazing. And like uh, live radio, people really outside can't really see the kind of pressure that was put on you to pull that one out of the bag in like just minutes. Uh, You're in town, Varro, Lucy and Consuelo, and you're so, so welcome. Tell me a little bit about the two of you together, because, you know, you're singing music outside either of your languages, really. Yes, yes, we're yes. trying our very best. So, um, Consuelo, you're Italian. Uh, no, I'm Lucy. Oh, you're Lucy! So <laughs> <laughs> and I'm French. And <laughs> you're French, my apologies. Okay, and Consuelo. So how did you meet and how did you come together? We both moved to Dublin and we both went to a pub
4: called The Cobblestone and uh, there are sessions there every day and we just happened to be sitting beside each other and then we started chatting and just getting along and uh i had a gig three weeks later and i i was looking for somebody and i thought she was very lovely i'm gonna ask her so we just started playing straight away and then became very good
3: friends and didn't stop <laughs> and didn't stop not, not to the point that you also have a new album out now and, and you're on tour all the time well all the time that's a bit much now uh, we just
4: started about 10 days ago uh but uh hopefully there are going to be more we're playing a lot in february yes so we were here actually in Osho uh, yesterday,
3: for quarter block.
4: Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was really lovely. And then we're going to Belfast and in the north and Sligo, and we end in Dublin on the twenty-eighth
3: of February. Tell me about the album. How long is the album in progress? Oh, some things like feel for like forever.
5: Yeah. Um. I think it started uh, at the end of 2017. It no. was like
4: a year and a half ago.
5: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we started putting it together material and there were some weird stuff in the middle there was a swedish piece there was an italian song then then we kind of like yeah changed a bit direction and and uh now it's ready, yeah
3: so cuz i love the sound it's so utterly not french and utterly not italian mm. um so have you have you swept across all of european traditions to kind of pull the sound together no not really um We both
4: came here for the Irish music, yeah, and we've been completely immersed in it since we arrived, and that was the point. But we did have influences. Like I come from a bit of a classical and jazz background, and Consuelo has been in music as well.
5: Yeah, I was playing in um, I was playing traditional Irish music in Italy already, (laughs) and then I was playing in a south of Italy band. Yeah. Uh, so a bit of mixed influences. And I
3: had heard that about, you know, playing trad, trad music in Italy. And where where did that come from? How did that
5: start? Uh, so different, like different parts. Like my dad was playing with lots of Irish musicians. So I, I really? grew up yeah. listening to Irish music and for her it was different. She met um, a fiddle player and when she was playing in a band called and And then she fell in love. So I, I I always listen with the and music
4: and not with the man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, okay, yeah, I just
5: decided when when I was seventeen that that was the music I loved the best. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, and I love the name as well. And I was reading a little bit about the story to the background of the choice of the name Varro. Uh,
4: yeah, it's uh, the name of the river that is it's between France and Italy. Yeah, and uh, like in the course of history. At some stage it was in France, at some stage it was in Italy, apparently at some stage it was the border itself. And we thought, okay, this river cannot really choose a nationality. We're French, Italian, living in Ireland. Playing everything. Yes, (laughs) so it seemed that it was the right name for us.
3: It's fantastic. It really is. It, it's such a gorgeous sound. I am really, really delighted that you're going to play us again another piece a little bit later. And um, this most beautiful harmonium is up on the table. It's an exquisite piece of working indeed. Muscles wise, now, in fairness, to you consider to be able to lift it off the table?
4: Well, <laughs> the two of us together. yes yeah. And, yeah,
3: yeah. and we're going to be able to bring some of our other guests then as well, further closer into the microphones. Will be? Was it possible to move it over yeah, yeah, sure. for a little we,
5: not
3: bit? Well done, well done, well done. And I'm also delighted to welcome into studio, it's uh, a big gang this morning, but so much to tell and talk about. Joe and Ed from The Good Room, you're so welcome in this morning to chat as well. And Julie Kelleher from the Everman Theatre, good Good morning morning to you too. Um, Listen, there's so much happening. Wise. And I'm going to come first to you, Julie, because like not only is there a fantastic Everman season coming up straight away, but there is also the most incredible response internationally to asking for it, which was really a triumph of production from the Everman.
6: Yeah, it's a big, I suppose, jewel in our in our crowd. Really really yeah. Yeah. So we had you know, we brought it back in the autumn to to Cork and to Dublin after having had brilliant success with it in twenty eighteen. Um, but it's just opened just last weekend in um in Birmingham, in the Birmingham rep who there's a new uh, executive director and artistic director there and they decided it was good to be the kind of ideal piece for them to open their first season at the Birmingham Rep. So that was a big gamble for them and um, we were obviously really honoured that they chose that piece. So um, the cast are all still there. They're there till next weekend. I was there with them at the weekend. Like the theatre in the Birmingham Rep is the most magnificent theatre. I was dragging my jaw around the floor all weekend looking at it. It's extraordinary. And it's a big house as well of 800 seats, but... um, Really happily, the audiences there seem to, you know, it's, the show seems to really be landing with them as well. And all of the kinds of things that people, you know, responses that people had, I suppose, here over the last two years are are, are kind of emerging as well from audiences there too.
3: And, you know, the, like the response, I guess, is that people are uh,
6: craving the fact that something like this is being, you know, dealt with and talked about. It's starting conversations all over the place. And there's been, I think, even in the past two years since we made the show, like there's been no, there's huge amounts of kind of things coming through in, in media wise. So we've we'll, things like Unbelievable on Netflix, or even mm. the Morning Show on Apple. You know, there's there's kind of lots of different, um, yeah, kind of narratives emerging around those issues which i think is brilliant you know maybe i mean there might be a danger of people feeling a little bit oversaturated by some of that as well um you know because it's a really it's a tough subject and there's there's maybe a limit to what people can take as well but i think there's kind of strong feeling that because this sent the story centers on young people um that it is really for them and important for them to see it too it is really really is and uh, i think the
3: Bravery, I think, another thing as well in the Everyman and the vision of taking something like that and commissioning it and working with it uh, is I can't imagine that you ever ever envisaged it becoming
6: what it became. I know it seems mad because that was four years ago now that that that, that, that initial um, kind of lightning bolt struck. So it's yeah, it's funny to think And in that it was kind of a no brainer. You know, I just there was no sense that I, you know, I just wanted to figure out how to make it happen. I could totally see that it should and could be a brilliant piece of theatre the next good idea I had after that was contacting Landmark Productions because they're such a, I suppose, you know, they're they're the best producer in the land, really. So I don't think we'd have been able to do it without their input, you know.
3: And when you see the response it's getting, like, for example, in Birmingham so recently, you know that this is only just the start of another wave for is isn't it? Here's
6: hoping anyway here's hoping. I mean there's. we think there might be also be another version of the show because this is a huge production and it's a really expensive production so there's maybe a version of the show that might be slightly smaller scale that could go into kind of towns and villages if you like all over the country Um, so while there might be kind of lofty ambitions for Mm -hmm. it kind of outside of this island I think there's also a sense that it can really speak to people in the kind of further reaches of Ireland as well so We'll see how it all goes. Yeah, exciting times coming up. For sure. Uh, now, we're going to talk a little bit in a while about
3: some of the season that's coming in for the Everyman because between music and drama and comedy and all sorts of stuff, I mean, like it literally is is, is packed. We'll can't tell everyone uh, everything that's uh, that's possibly published but we we will do a kind of a hop skip and a jump through the program but also looking ahead joe and ed from the good room live at st luke's the kino it takes a village my god almighty the podcast festival um i presume you only sleep like about two hours a night between the (laughs) two of you at this stage like things are things are so busy i mean like booking 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 already for it takes a village is kind of fairly brisk isn't it
7: Absolutely yeah. I mean we're 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 not far off our full lineup at this stage, you know, but we're 3 months away as of this weekend, so it's uh it's creeping up on us quickly. Um this year the focus more so on big headliners is more the whole experience. It's the only festival in Ireland and there's very few in Europe where you can actually stay in a holiday village where you have a house where you have a uh, proper beds, baths, drive to your door, <laughs> all that stuff, you know, it's like uh, a school tour without the teachers, that kind of thing, you know, <laughs> but, uh, and probably, the only, and it's the only time of the year that Truboggan shuts down completely from kids, you know, it's adults only, it's a proper big person playground for uh, for a few days and um, that's like, that. that's this year now, you know, there's extra stuff, there's boat parties, there's magical mystery bus tours, there's Yoga, drone yoga, reggae yoga, there's all sorts of stuff that's kind of just adding adding to the actual, using the village itself as opposed to just kind of focus on music. Music is a huge part, of course.
3: Now, before we get on to talk about the music, I mean, the whole kind of concept of taking it into Dribalgan and shutting the place down, was it just simply that you got tired of the mud? Tired of the glamping? Tired of the baby wipes? I, well,
1: I think, it was <clears throat> I think it was all the above. Um, uh, do you know, it was that uh, in Cork we had on our doorstep like 20 miles away, this unique you know, Trabalgan is unique in that um there's 172 houses spread over the 121 acres, so I mean 20 years ago I was down there and I was kind of going God this is mad and I suppose there would be a history of it in England that there'd be lots of festivals like uh, Southport Soul Weekend or there was another one called All Tomorrow's Parties and effectively it was the same concept which is that you're going to a place exclusively for a weekend and indulging in music or whatever. And, I mean, <clears throat> with in, uh we're in year three now. In the first year was April, so the weather wasn't uh, unlike today, so to so speak. So that meant things were more indoor. But, like, last year in May, it was just bait and hunt for three days. So that kind of, in a good way, raised another problem that, okay, that many of the things we'd programmed in the main stage daytime people were just i'd rather sit in the hill and sun myself you know <laughs> so i suppose from that you kind of just um read what's in front of you and we kind of went you know what This year, we'll put things out on the hill. This year, daytime, we've realized that, you know, whether it's the pool parties, as Ed mentioned, or the boat parties, in other words, that people are going to get enough music from maybe five in the evening till two or three in the morning. And, you know, there's other things that people want to entertain themselves with. So I suppose it is the kind of unique selling point in that of Tribalgan itself, and as well as the festival, is that there is people that, you know, probably mid-twenties and onwards, that have gone to festivals, let's say have done their rite of passage thing, and have decided that, you know what, I mean as I met a friend of my wife's there uh, last year, and I was like, where were you? And she was like, I just had a bath. And it was four o'clock in the afternoon, and I was like, oh, "Sure, why not?" You know, what the I mean? kids
3: aren't there. There's well, no one knocking on the well, exactly. door. Exactly, and
1: and she was just like, "And because the bigger houses, there be two bathrooms in each." And she was just just like, "I want to have a bath," and I was like, "Sure, why not?" You know. So, but I suppose that's what we're saying is it's that it's it's the combined thing uh, approach because sometimes you kind of you see with the bigger festivals often it's all who's the headline who's this that and the other and as much as we've really good acts and we pride pride ourselves on a a diverse range everything from like you know house music to
3: Yeah I wanted to get into the music actually because a lot of uh, the music and I was laughing there was somebody passing a comment going are we going to have a bit of Metallica this morning (laughs) (laughs) Well I suppose that's the thing a lot of the music is really really diverse and you really are trying to cover so much aren't you
7: Mm, Absolutely I mean Martin Hayes said it the first year from trance to trad yeah. you know it's, yes I it's, know we didn't actually have any trance but <laughs> yeah. he, he was making a point and it is it's across the board you know there yeah. is everything like 90% of our acts are Irish and that's n- not an accident either you know with the wealth of talents that's in the country but you know we do we've got house music we've got hip hop we've got heavy metal we've got death rock we've got uh, traditional Irish we've, we do it's, it's a broad disco spectrum, disco everything you know from from all sorts, from drag queens to synchronised swimmers. You know, it's just, it really is a broad palette and and like a selection of kind of what Ireland has to offer and also a few from the UK and we've got like um, Alton Goon who are a Dutch band that play Turkish music and like they're really, really, really interesting. That's one of the kind of international stuff. So we try and we programme it kind of, Day by day, you know, and we kind of one day will be a certain kind of theme, and there'll be a flow to it, you know. And the same with the second day, then, and the third day, then, we'll have different aspects, and we open up different venues on the on the last day with the day tickets, you know.
3: Your heads must be the most either you're fantastic at spreadsheeting your lives in everything, or there it must be the most incredible web of organisation between live at St Luke's. Obviously, it takes a village. And things like, you know, taking on the Kino, I think everyone in Cork was just like thrilled when they heard it was the 2VE were going to be running uh, that venue again. And, you know, I mean, do you have a separate identity of vision for each of the venues that you're running or do you see that, you know, everything should be available everywhere?
7: Well, behind every good man is a good woman, they say, so uh, we've we've got a great team that work for us. Um, Aisling O'Riordan uh, who works for the Goodroom for us, she is our spreadsheet master. She kind of keeps us on, on the line we need to be, you know. I mean, booking is a huge thing, especially with the keynote now, because you're not just talking, like St. Luke's was probably we were doing maybe 30 to 40 shows a year for the last four years. That's still around the same, you know. We hope to go up a little bit this year, but like that that was fine, you know, and it was it, it was his own thing. But the keynote was week in, week out. Mm. You know, we're trying to be if we can, we'd be open seven nights a week, but that's not possible. It's booking, so it's a constant. It's a constant thing. You're constantly thinking about the next thing. You're constantly going. We've gaps in this month. We've to fill that, you know. So it is. It's continuous. But I mean, there is we've we've expanded in the people we've working for us as well. You know, like we've Ashton, we've Keelan, we've got Shane, we've got like s- several other people as well who help us out with stuff. You know, and um, like really without them we probably wouldn't be able to do it all to be it honest takes you know, it, it, it takes a village it Indeed. really does you know? it really, really yeah. does
3: yeah okay so we're going to come back and talk about some of the other bits and pieces that uh, you're running and programming and everything like that we also have to talk about jazz live uh, at Collins as well and we're talking about what's coming up in the Everman we're going to take a quick break though The art
0: House on Cork's 96FM and C103 In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't
1: visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like
0: Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care
3: The Art House on Corks ninety six FM and C one o three and you're very welcome back to the program. Now another guest that I have kept kind of fairly quiet is Deirdre Frost. Good morning to you, oh, Deirdre. Good morning,
2: everyone.
3: <laughs> it's a busy, busy kitchen today, yes, so it is. But pull, pull right into that microphone there. Um, you are talking to us about something that's happening tonight. In fact, lots of people are doing loads of booking, but we really want people to get up and get moving with you this evening.
8: Yes, definitely. If anybody wants has cabin fever or wants to escape the storm and get out of the hu- their houses we're doing a gig in Collins. It's part of the Guinness Jazz Club that's running there. Um, So tonight's gig is a New Orleans-based gig called the Jazz Pioneers, five-piece band, and we're going to take you right back to Louis Armstrong-era music, um, tunes by Sidney Bechet, uh, Jack Teagarden, the great Texan, actually, um, who really influenced so many musicians after them. So we're going to um, to try to make it as authentic as we possibly can because it's little hard music really we're going to have washboards in there we're going to have two vocalists a banjo, guitar, soprano, sax as Siddi Bette played um, it's really going to be special so we hope that people will come down that's part of the Collins Jazz Club and um, we we run the second Sunday of every month um, I suppose I started off myself and Ian Date he's a fantastic Australian jazz guitarist we're doing a lot of duo work we thought it'd be really great to just explore some more music that we're doing more in depth, try different collaborations, oh, play with different people, just try as many things as we possibly could. So uh, we thought like a venue really is what we need first of yes. all and an audience <laughs> that's listening. Yeah, because we do so many background gigs, which are great, but you know people are there for other reasons a lot of the time. So I thought I'd go down the road because I only live off the road from Collins. And Adele Curtin, I'm sure you know her. She's fantastic at um, organising gigs down there. Like what Collins have done over the years is really super in terms of live music. So I asked her uh, about what we were thinking. And she said, yeah, she had been also thinking Cork needs jazz throughout the year. Uh, We need a jazz club, um, not just to have jazz in October. Uh, There is... Paul and a are fantastic. I was just going to uh, yes, say, in fairness, on a weekly yeah. basis, that yeah. kind
3: of jazz improv is
8: that is mind blowing. What it he really is, who he brings going, to Cork and what yes. they're doing
3: is fantastic. Yeah. yeah,
8: and that's been going from two thousand and eight, and oh, he's had so many musicians in there. Like he really is doing stellar work. But um, what what we thought is just to provide t- a curated program of music, where every month we have a different um, piece or set of music, especially designed. Um, where we get a chance, musicians different musicians get a chance to explore some different aspect, whether it's original compositions, new pieces, going right back into jazz history, uh overlooked musicians. Uh for example, one of my um absolute favourite musicians is Charles Mingus. And as a double bass player, I've always wanted a, a chance to play all of his music and I gave <laughs> Oh my God. So when we got this opportunity, it's like definitely we're doing a Mingus night. Yeah. And that's you, you're not gonna bring Charles Mingus music into I don't know, your average pover, you're not going to do that at a wedding or anything. So, oh, it's just such a joy. My brother, Paul Frost, he, I had some charts, like Mingus's compositions are complex. So um, he wrote a lot for big band, um, really, they're difficult structures. So I asked my brother, he, who's a fantastic arranger, actually, by the way, he's arranged all the music for the Woman's Heart that's going on, sold out with the Construct this week. But um, he arranged all the Mingus charts for us for a five-piece band, with Ken Marshall on that, uh, Owen Kelly, um, Steve Kelly, um, Ian Date. So that was a great one. Uh, last month, we had just a duo then. Um, Paul Dunley came in and himself and Ian Date. It was a really special gig. Um, cause I called, I managed to catch the last couple of tunes that came fresh from the Cork Opera's panto. And oh my God, the atmosphere. <laughs> it was beautiful, the music they were playing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tonight is New Orleans jazz. Next month will be with Phil Collins. That'll be more original compositions, and uh, also just w- we'll do jazz arrangements of pop and rock tunes.
3: What time do you kind of get kicking off, and how, so, how long of
8: an evening do people
3: have? Yeah, head so off?
8: tonight seven o'clock. Um, so seven o'clock kickoff, or th- uh, seven half seven, um, and about till half nine, I'd say. Because so
3: that's usually when Paul is kicking off ordinarily with his ones on a Tuesday well, night. On a Tuesday. It's a kind of a late one. So, this is nice, a kind of an early Sunday yeah, evening.
8: exactly. Because <laughs> we know people have work the next day or it's easy to <laughs> find know, excuses. I but um, I think it? definitely transport yourself and still get home, have a nice early night, and you're ready for work tomorrow. So, when you're putting a your programme together, and I've enjoyed
3: actually watching the different collaborations that Ian has been posting and sharing yeah. about as well. But um, when you're putting a programme like a, a new orleans night together Mm. like what what are you looking forward to sinking your teeth into tonight uh
8: well musically like yeah yeah so i suppose definitely the instrumentation so we've asked carl rooney who's a fabulous saxophonist he'll be playing um soprano sax um ian he'll be playing as i mentioned before he's going to bring the banjo along and guitar acoustic guitar as well because that would have all been acoustic music back then um Steve Kelly, he's going to bring, he's going to rummage through his percussion box, he's going to bring skulls, wood blocks, washboards all sorts of things um, my brother will bring a lightboard, trombone and he'll be singing actually Ian and and Paul who will both be singing, so that I promise you, that's going to be very entertaining, if anyone's heard either of them sing um, this, and tonight both of them will be singing, okay. so really don't miss it <laughs> um, so yeah, I suppose like We've all been listening, like brushing up on, um, well, Ian has been a, an expert at that music um, always, but the rest of us, we've all been particularly brushing up on listening to loads of it over the last few weeks. It's really getting into it, into the nitty gritty of it. And it's just a great opportunity for us to And get you know, into when you're
3: trying to set something like this up, branding it and getting it in people's heads is, is a big job nowadays. Mm-hmm. People are saturated with so much information about yeah. what's happening. Take this morning as a case in point. And to kind of get into people's heads, you know, the jazz weekend is every bank holiday, but to yeah. get to get a jazz club yes. is the second Sunday of, of every, every month, month yeah. you know, to kind of have the chance for people to start putting that in their, in their calendar and just make it yes. part of what we do.
8: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and it was Idel Curtin really jumped on with that and she went after Guinness and they've partially sponsored it, which is fantastic because it means that we can get arrangements made, just all the little things that help make it work.
3: Well, these are, they, they all cost money. Let's oh, face definitely, it. Yeah, yeah. It does, it does, it does. No, we do um,
8: want the gig to be free in. Um, but we do pass the hat as well. If people want to contribute, you know, a pint or, I don't know, <laughs> a weekend away. Or if you just want to turn up <laughs> Nice and,
3: try, dear yeah, nice yeah. try. Of listen course, you, always try. You bring her on the radio yeah, yeah. And she's just thrown in.
8: But really, if people just want to come and listen, like really, yeah. that's the best thing. Just yeah. turn up, be transported. Like tonight, going back to New Orleans, really beginning of the 20th century... Um, just come along 7 o'clock free in
3: fantastic Uh, always always great to hear what's happening in Collins now we're going to come back to the everyman because Julie um looking ahead over the course of the season I mean even a case in point tonight just tonight alone Tintown Blue Raincoat I mean like I hardly ever miss Blue Raincoat if they're in town at all just I love what they do
6: for and it's sure. such
3: a real real um, meaty subject again with Tintown tonight Yeah, and this it's only one night
6: uh, Yeah and so this actor actually Bob Kelly who's worked with Blue Raincoat for years um, he's a Lecoq trained actor but he's written this piece as well so he's really fascinated by that period in history um, and they I think they opened it in Sligo last year where Blue Raincoat are based and um, and I think it was really successful so that's on the road now and coming to us just for one night yeah so it's kind of doing one night stands all over the the country really and then later in the week with Tuesday um we've got a brilliant show called what I don't know about autism which we're. I can't tell you I'm so excited we've been kind of talking about this show again for two years so it's finally finally coming to these shores which is great.
3: Well first of all it's Jodie O'Neill it I is. absolutely adore her writing and you know I'm Uh, It's been a long time since I've actually had her on the programme because it's been a long time since she's been doing kind of core theatre work in Cork. Uh, Such has been the the travel that she's had. Um, But this particular subject uh, is the most important one to talk about and the response already to it in Dublin...
6: The response has been huge. It was sold out in Dublin. So um, the show, Jodie started to make the show in response to, I suppose, her experience of being a a parent of an autistic child and in the course of those years um, discovered that she had a a, a diagnosis herself, so she's on the spectrum herself. It's quite common, actually, for parents
3: to taking their children for an assessment and then for one or other of the parents to recognise themselves. Yeah you know, which is like, extraordinary and we she should all recognise she ourselves.
6: tackles in the show the amount of misinformation that's out there about <gasps> autism um, and about the kinds of things you know that lead people to kind of say off the cuff things like Senator Noon did lately about the Taoiseach <laughs> and things like that which are very you know just yeah and kind of misplaced so um and it's it's the the whole show is made from start to finish in in a kind of they call it a relaxed performance, which is actually a kind of a relaxed environment. So the the show is the show, but there are things um, that help uh, you know people who have, um, who have those needs to you know they flag things like loud noises and lights and and things like that. And the you know the auditorium lights aren't fully down. Uh, people can leave the auditorium as and when they need to. Um, and it's had yeah it's had a huge impact in Dublin.
3: If people go on the Everman website, you have little clips of. The actors talking about it in and out of character, uh, about the performance and about themselves, and it it just explains it perfectly. It, it does give anyone an instant and idea. And there's some
6: resources yeah. as well for people who are coming, you know, to tell them a little bit about the theatre, you know, mm-hmm. and what to expect when they're coming, especially if they've not been with us before. Mm-hmm. So I suppose we're trying to do what we can, and the production team, Jodie's team, have been really amazing, helping us to learn what's required there and how to make that. Um, Truly accessible, actually, yeah. you know, rather than just saying we're open because it's not that's not enough, you know.
3: Yeah, outstanding cast, really so so strong, all of them uh, brilliant. And then you finish up the week, of course, then with Eddie Reader, obviously, yes. we were chatting to her earlier on. Um, but again, like week in, week out, there's a fantastic lineup of short pieces coming in for just short stints and some longer ones as well. So maybe two or three of the kind of theatre bits you're looking forward to? So,
6: <laughs> <laughs> the, the, well, The Week After <laughs> Next is a holy show, which is a really, like, it's just gas. It's a really I gas know. night out. So that's, gas, you yeah. know, that that's, if you want, it's really good fun. Like, that's the one. Um, and I suppose along those lines. Um, like, is that a true
3: event, actually? It
6: is a true event. It, People it,
3: might not know that. It, it, it goes, to, it's about an airplane. An, an Aer
6: Lingus plane that was hijacked by a Trappist monk.
0: <laughs> in hear about in that? the yeah, early I mean, <laughs> eighties, and the
6: story is told from the perspective <coughs> of various people on the plane, including said monk and some of the um, Lingus staff. So it, it's you know, the truth is truly stranger than fiction. You know,
3: like his. <laughs> His weapon does that spoil it if you say what his weapon was? No, I don't his weapon think of so. Threat was a bottle of holy water? Yes. <laughs> uh, you know. So it, what I read about this was like it was airplane meets Hall's Pictorial Weekly, which is kind of a generational reference. Maybe Oliver Callan or Mario Rosenstock. it yeah. uh, might be closer to the bone now. That just sounds gas. That's no, next it
6: week. it is. Yeah, that's next week, and it is absolutely gas crack. And then later on into the spring, I'm going back into the rehearsal room, and we're reviving a production that we had in 2018 of the Lonesome West. Martin McDonough's The Lonesome West. Um, which we had basically a ball doing and, uh, had fantastic support from people in the city and beyond in terms of coming out and buying tickets and all of that. So, um. We also, John McCarthy was nominated for an Irish Times Theatre Award for his performance in that show as well. So we thought that was too good not to leave it mothballed. Absolutely,
3: you know, and what a great, uh, I suppose, reflection as well of having had the support of being, you know, artist in residence and the kind of platform and support that gives to somebody too.
6: Yeah, Yeah. well, of course, and how important it is for that to, to happen. Yeah. He's resident at the Opera House, but, he, you know, he's he, like, and we have Broken Crow are the artists in residence at um, Everman. the Everman. But yeah, those programs in general are completely, you know, we've seen with Garson Lazar what's happened with us as yes. well. And we have them coming back later in the year, too. So um, they mean a huge amount for artists to be able to embed themselves in a, in a, in a venue, in a city. Um, so, yeah, they're hugely important. They really are. And then, speaking of, I suppose, long-running relationships with artists, we have um, a, a, a trilogy of operas coming down the track later in the year. So we've just had um, a concert performance of John O'Brien's new opera, but this is um, yeah a trilogy that that one of which is a new piece by John um, and. Uh, then we have Riders to the Sea as well and a new piece then by Irene Buckley which is based on the Lament for Art O'Leary so that's the the kind of whole event is called Sea Trilogy so that will be happening um, at the very beginning of May and going on tour as well so yeah it's a busy busy slate between now and
3: then you know we'll be killed if we don't mention the People's Princess (laughs) and tell everybody there's probably maybe five seats left upstairs five
6: green dots as she says herself (laughs) yeah yeah
3: Laura O'Mahony, of course, is in on the 14th of, on the 14th March. of March. And yes. it's, a huge, it's
6: a huge treat for us actually to have, you know, the likes of Laura and the likes of Chris, Chris Kent. Yes. And, you know, um, brilliant, brilliant local comics. Um, and I think it's going to be a fantastic night of comedy. I'm seeing her up there on the stage.
3: Now, before we uh, come back, maybe see something else in The Everyman. And before we go on to talk about podcast festivals and all that sort of thing as well, we're going to take a quick break. 96FM and C103. The Arts House. Hello. And you're very welcome back to the programme. Now just again uh, welcoming back and commenting with Joe and Ed here from The Good Room and I want to talk about the West Cork podcast. First of all I suppose that the last time we spoke was ahead of the podcast festival.
5: Wow! That's right.
3: What yeah. an amazing <laughs> amazing run in Cork. Um, and one of the things of course that Besides things like Blind Boys podcast and those sorts of things that sell out like overnight and just a couple of hours practically, I'd say, was the West Cork podcast. And I hadn't listened to it up to the festival. I've been; t- it's been taking me back and forth to work every morning. Mm-hmm. So I finished it actually on Thursday, um, and I'm glad I have it done now ahead of its run again in St Luke's. The first, perf- um, I suppose, evening of it in St Luke's in April was sold out. So you had to bring in a second date. That was tough considering the kind of tour they're trying to do.
7: Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's 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 not that tricky. Like they they were around, they wanted to come over, they wanted to do a few shows, you know. So it was it was kind of like the first show sold out in two days, I think. So it just it just made sense to to add add a second one, you know. Um, we're also doing it in Vicker Street, and the possibility of adding adding one more potentially. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 not something you say I'm really excited about because mm. of the nature of the subject. But I mean, it's it is a fascinating case. It's kind of it's occupied the Irish uh, kind of psyche and I suppose news streams on and off for the last twenty years. You know, it's um, the the podcast itself is it's a brand new live episode that they pick up right where the season finishes, where the first uh, season ends, and right up until now because. There's been obviously lots of different the trial in France yeah. and
1: stuff, you know. So, yeah, I suppose it's it's them, the two of them, um, Sam and Jennifer, kind of following on from where the 13 episodes of the podcast finished. You know what I mean? Um, I suppose. Uh, there is an absolute, as Ed said, a fascination in Ireland with this case, you know. I, I'm i sure over the years, like the Kerry's Babies, and there was a few like that that just are still uh, in our psyche, you know. But, um, no, it's a great show, actually. The Opera House was fab. Um, you know, this time we've, uh, Aina Brennan, um, a composer from Dublin working with it, uh, and a buddy of hers on cello. And, um, so it's, it's, it's very well put together as a show. Um, even though, you know, in fairness to Sam and Jennifer, I mean, they're, they're journalists, BBC journalists for years. So, um, you know, they have that background. So it's very structured and put together. So, yeah.
3: The response, I imagine, to it, though, is is quite interesting amongst a live audience. You know, so much of listening to and uh, absorbing a podcast is a solitary experience, isn't it? You know, people are either listening to it in the car when they're going along or they've got headphones because they're out for a walk and they're going along. And to carry kind of 13 episodes of that along in your head, is it's, it's dense. But to be fair, Jennifer Ford and Sam Bungie have the most... Amazing construction put on it. It's very, very, very uh, structured Mm. and Mm. so, so clear. Um, And to to have a follow-up episode is quite interesting because they're only here in the autumn. So this is, again, another one Mm. following on from that.
1: Yeah, I suppose, I think there was the trial in France. There's all the issues of, you know, extradition and all this type of stuff, which... You know, irrespective of, I would argue, what the French may think, uh, it doesn't mean the Irish are going to extradite someone, you know. So, it's, it's one of those, I suppose it's a very difficult case. I mean, sadly, um, Sophie de Toscan, um, you know, that has never been resolved. And I mean, even as you said, um, listening to it yourself driving in the car you're like I mean you do get to the end of it and it's inconclusive really and I mean there's more evidence that's going on I mean I suppose what, what what's very striking through the whole case is that um, the lady I forgot her name that gives kind of dumb, bad evidence that kind of really shook the whole thing up because, I mean, you don't know who to believe and what to believe. Mm. Marie Farrell, yeah. And, I mean, the case of, like, the gate goes missing Mm. from the Garda station and very basic, you know, (laughs) policing uh, things with evidence, you know, it's a bit Irish, to say the least. I mean, you go back to Halls Victoria Weekly, and sorry, I'm not trying to make a joke out of it, but I am saying there's certain things where we go, could we not just do that bit correct, you Mm. know? So... (laughs)
3: And, you know, the last time we were chatting about podcasting was ahead, of course, of the podcast festival itself and did that to exceed all your expectations? There was a major buzz about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was great in the fact that I think we had four or five um, uh, what you call it, uh, venues, but like, I mean, even ten. from, was it 10? 10 does this, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's but, but, things like, but things like, for example, which I hadn't heard of because I suppose you pick and choose. I mean, you know, for want of a better word, I mean, people go podcasting but effectively it's radio on demand, really, if you want to call it that but I suppose it's such a broad topic that like there was these girls that were down a few weeks ago uh, the creep dive and uh they're, they're, well we're listening to it. they have one show called The Creep Dive and it's hilarious, it's just weird stories and three girls, they're very funny just telling, you know just they're having the crack with each other but it's weird kind of stories and then they do another one, two of the three girls and it's called Mothers of Pod and it's all about being a mother and stuff that you don't hear talked about Give in cafes, kids. you know <laughs> giving out about kids dropping pelvic floors, you know, you name it, (laughs) fun stuff. Yeah. You know, and again, I was sitting there going, am I meant to be laughing at this, you know? And then there's another guy who was brilliant in the Crawford Art Gallery, actually with his producer who I never remember, um, Colleenus, and he does this thing, the the Critter Shed, and it's all about um, spiders and creepy crawlies and all this. So weirdly, we have... um, him coming back to uh, It Takes a Village in May in Tribalgan and basically we're going to have Collie walking around the site, you know, lifting up rocks and telling about, see that little bug, you know, telling you a story about him. But as well on the keynote now, once a month, where we we will be having podcasts. So like last week, actually on just, actually not even last week, on Thursday we had the Irish History Podcast just there which was basically sold out. So, I mean, I think there is, it's amazing you know, uh, you know, personally you kind of been involved in entertainment maybe for 30 years you go how um how the climate has changed and that what people want to see you know and that's why you know when julie earlier mentioned asking for it, you might say 5 10 15 years ago a play might that might not have got taken on i think people are open to um you know to uh, be, exposed. Yeah, be, yeah, be pushed a bit, and to challenge themselves, yeah. so I mean that is the thing with podcasting is you can go from the the, the, the frivolous, throwaway, disposable stuff all the way to, you know, West Cork is serious. I mean, Blind Boy, God only knows what he would be talking about, you know. um But actually, when we go through the whole uh, list of, God knows, was there 40 podcasts? Was there 40? There was. There was. Least, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but really, it was a, a very broad gamma And it was great to have, actually, um RT, um, their uh, Docs on, on One, one that they actually did a thing in the library where for people that had, um, you know, limited hearing, they they actually um, put the text to video so you could actually go into the Cork City Library and, you know, read a podcast as well if you wanted. So, I mean, the whole podcasting thing is fascinating in that. Do you know, even to think now that there's, you know, someone's going to be listening to this show, even the live element of radio, that there could be someone in Australia listening to us right now, you know?
3: Well, we do have them take this morning yeah. from various parts of wherever they are on holidays that's for sure but uh, as well as that of course um, the uh, the fact that after this show is finished this will go also up mm. on the podcast so people can listen back So to up on the <laughs> 6th site, you can
1: find it all <laughs>
3: There you go that's it So uh, just to remind people of course now that we have um Booking going on right now for It Takes a Village. That's yes. important, isn't
1: it? So get, get, correct, get the yeah. housekeeping it takes details because we need to from you. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> is the website. So um, if you're interested in going, it's May 8th to 10th in Trabalgan Holiday Village.
3: Fantastic. Okay, and Julie, in terms of booking and that sort of stuff for uh, the Everman, people yeah. can submit. Well, go. we're
6: on McCurtain Street from midday every day, um, but otherwise, evermancourt.com or call us on 0214501673.
3: Perfect. We're going to finish out the program now again with music from Varro. You've put the harmonium away. We're going to do something a cappella together. Is that it? Yes. Okay. So tell us about this piece.
8: Sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. No, you're grand. You're grand. So we are going to
4: sing a song called Sauve. And um, this is one of the first, one of the first songs that we worked on, and it's, um we really loved the song because we liked songs told from a female perspective, and we tried to find songs that with strong female characters that don't end up absolutely miserable by the end of the song, and <laughs> I have to say, like, it's, it's been common. a little bit difficult to find, <laughs> so when we came across this one, we just loved it very much. The woman is a bit mad, which is okay sometimes, and, uh but... Yeah, and this is the first single that we released from the album. Uh,
3: yeah, I wanted to ask you about the album. So first of all, people can find you on Facebook. V A R O is simply the name of uh, the two of you together. Well, Varro Dublin. Varro Dublin. Oh, yes. because yes, there are. If you go searching, yeah, or, from or, from I, from I know Boston, copycats. <laughs> yeah. So people will find you on Facebook, and yes. they get all the details of the album and that sort of thing there. Yes. Where will it be? On is it for sale, download, or? It Physical is, copy? yeah,
4: yeah, it is, uh, on Bandcamp. You can order it there. Yeah. It's on Spotify as well. And you can order the copy.
3: So just come to the gigs and ask for a very beautiful CD, uh, that Besides we can give you straight away. The quarter block stuff that you've just been doing this weekend. How long more are you going to be staying in Cork or where next will you be heard to That's be decided? I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, been
5: so busy with like the release and that we actually stopped yeah. talking gigs. Well,
3: uh, we have to go back to that.
4: Oh, indeed. Yeah, yes. Okay, so
3: let's take it away
4: then. Okay, I need to take the note from the harmonium, so it's okay. going to take one second. Yeah? That's
5: okay.
3: <laughs> so taking us out this morning, we have the beautiful music of Barrow.
2: So mm. so oh,
0: She dressed herself
2: in array. With a brace of pistols all by her side To meet her true love To meet her true love The way she ride As she was riding over the plain She met her love she bought in sand Send and deliver, comes sir, she said. And if you do not, if you do not, I'll shoot you dead. So he gives up his gold and his store. She keeps craving for one thing more. Oh, the diamond ring that I've seen you wear, And it over, Hand it over, And your life I'll spare. Oh, me diamond ring I wouldn't part, For it's a token from me, sweetheart. Shoot and, them new city. and, and be done, you rogue, said And you'll be hung then, you'll be hung then for murdering me. She'd been soft-hearted just like a dove. She rode away. She rode away from her true love. The Arts House on Quarks 96 FM and C103.